0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Master Investor webinar, Going for Gold. Now, it's not a revival of the 1990s TV show that was hosted by Henry Kelly, but it will be just as international in its scope, and hopefully there will be moments of light entertainment. Without further ado, we have Jim Mellon. So, Jim, I'm going to skip your credentials, as that would take up all the time that we have, but you are an experienced investor and experienced many side cycles and in terms of cycles the bogeyman of inflation has returned to haunt us though admittedly it was never that far away so is this the perfect climate for gold to thrive
1: that's a very good question and uh i am uh i'll try and answer it but my answers are going to be a bit hedged um like you should be in your portfolios anyway um the uh as you know, the gold price has been somewhat disappointing uh, in the last few months, uh, notwithstanding the fact that we are in a period of very high inflation and uh, not just in the UK, but almost all the way around the world. And uh, this uh, period of high inflation is partly due to the Ukraine crisis, but mostly due to the excessive money printing by central banks over the last few years. and um, and particularly during the pandemic period, uh, there are signs that the inflation that we've been experiencing may be peaking, actually. Uh, central banks, which have been behind the curve in terms of raising interest rates, are now uh, getting on top of them and maybe even too much getting on, on, on top of the inflationary pressures. Um, and uh, the, at the same time as that's happening, you're seeing things like, food prices going back below the levels at which they were prior to the invasion. Uh, Gas prices, uh, albeit not known to most people, have actually fallen quite dramatically in the last um, two or three weeks Um, as as Europe has basically filled up all its reserves. Um, And you're seeing uh, significant demand destruction in the price of oil, which has resulted in a very significant fall in the price of oil. I would say that the many of the inflationary pressures are abating. We don't know how labor is going to play out. In other words, I'm not talking about the Labor Party, but I'm talking about the price of labor. Uh, but if inflation proves to be. Uh, temporary at the elevated level, so I don't think it'd be temporary in terms of, the, you know, the long term. I think we're in an inflationary era now, which could be four or five percent per annum for some time. Then you might see. Um, uh, inflation being more moderate than, you know, hysterical, uh, people who were forecasting 18% inflation in the UK, as you may remember, Sarah, just recently, I think that was Citibank's forecast. They're going to be proven so wrong. It's not true. I mean, I think they are probably at peak inflation already at around the 10% level. Um, and so high inflation obviously is Good in some ways for gold but rising interest rates are bad for gold because they represent uh, a cost of carry effectively for a metal that doesn't yield anything um and you've got uh, all sorts of whirlwinds around there but if you know if you're asking me what is my view on gold at the moment i would say it's an integral part of any portfolio it has proven its worth if you've invested in gold through any currency other than the us dollar you've made money u uh, s. dollar and ruble by the way you've made money over the last year. Um, and uh, you have to believe that we're we're not through the perils of of the of politics uh, by any means in the next year or so, and that at some point gold might just take off. So I recommend it for anyone's portfolio. and the the last point I want to make is that, as you well know, uh, there was some talk about how Bitcoin and other Cryptocurrencies were going to be a better store of value during inflationary periods than gold, and it has absolutely not been the case. Crypto has been fried. Gold has, as I said, increased in value in every single currency apart from uh, the dollar and the ruble in this period of uh, rising inflation. And my expectation is that we're going to see a. we will at some point, like we do in every commodity cycle for various commodities, but particularly in gold, we will see a dramatic upsurge uh, way above the 2000 and something level that we saw in September last year. And uh, one of the forward indicators of that is that silver, which I don't know how many people on the Master Investor Show are following that, but I would say silver is something to watch because silver has been rising in price almost surreptitiously over the last couple of months, quite dramatically actually about by $3 it's gone up and per ounce and silver is a very good precursor to performance in gold so you should listen to the people after me because they are living and breathing gold but as an intuitive and also uh research-driven investor I would say you cannot afford not to have gold silver palladium uh and um you, you know other precious metal groups in your portfolio. You're mad if you don't have it at this stage.
0: Well, let's not go to those presenters yet because I'm not finished with you because right at the beginning of your answer, you spoke about the Ukraine. Now today, Putin is calling up his reservists. He's mentioned war for the first time. And um, it sounds as though the political situation is becoming even more hairy. So I just wondered if that would uh, increase uh, gold as a store of value.
1: Well, it might do. I mean, we don't know uh, what's going to happen in Russia and in the Ukraine. I mean, it's so good that the Ukrainians are, are fighting back with such vigor and such success. But uh, you know, Putin is a cornered rat and um, cornered rats tend to lash out and he has means and of lashing out, which could be very deleterious to all of us, frankly. Um, and um, so we just don't know. And that's one of the reasons why everyone should have gold. Now, you get on the last boat out of Novi Sibirsk or wherever, um, and you say, I've got 10 Bitcoin, I'm gonna send them to you, you'll just be laughed at. But if you've got some gold coins, then potentially you might be able to get out. So gold is a portable means of personal insurance as well as insurance in financial markets. And um, you know we have to see it in the first half of 2022, our physical demand for gold increased by 12% to 2,300 tons. Um, That is a sign that people are generally a bit worried and that they, having seen the destruction in cryptocurrency prices, which, to my mind, is probably going to be ongoing, I I don't see that we're going to see anything other than the continuing bear market in cryptocurrencies, That gold is the only viable alternative. However, it doesn't yield anything unless you're a gold producer and you're producing and you're able to pay dividends. And, you know, John Maynard Keynes call it the barbarous relic. And, you know, from time to time, it is a barbarous relic because uh, there's a heavy cost of carry. And it isn't the great inflation hedge on a short or medium term basis that most people think. I've done some research into it. It's a great inflation hedge over the very long term. But, you know, in the very long term, we're all dead. So what we need to do is to play the cycle. Now, at the moment, I feel that the the preponderance of factors in favor of gold way outweigh the uh, negative factors which are rising interest rates um, and possibly a a, a lesser demand for jewelry in markets that are particularly like India and China which are impacted by um, potential recession. Uh, But I think that investors, speculators, uh, people who are wary about the economic uh, situation will increasingly uh, add to their gold positions. And as I'm sure some of your speakers later on will talk about, there is a very strong suspicion, uh, not just in YouTube videos by fantasists and sort of uh, maniacs, but there's a strong suspicion that the price of gold is manipulated and has been manipulated downwards rather than upwards. And that at some point there will be a sort of release uh, of that pressure cooker, and you could see gold. And look, I, if, I, if I had to have a bet on anything, I would say gold before the end of this year will be well above $2,000, which represents an excellent return for investors. And the US dollar, which has been remarkably strong and is way overstrong at the moment, far too strong against most currencies, including the pound and the yen, Many emerging market countries, uh, currencies, uh, the US dollar is, we are at the peak or close to the peak of the US dollar. I'm absolutely sure of that. can uh, evil agrees with me on that. That's going to be a good sign. And so I would say that if the US dollar starts to waver, and there are signs in some ways that it is wavering, then that's really positive for gold. Really positive okay. for gold.
0: So let's go from John Maynard Keynes to George Orwell. Um, It's a very Orwellian sort of animal farm question from Joe who says, isn't the only thing that really matters for the gold price is the strength or the weakness of the US dollar? Strong dollar, bad, weak dollar, good.
1: Well, in dollar terms, that's absolutely true. And as I said, Sarah and uh, Joe, um, the the listener with the, the question, um you know if you are japanese yen holder uh you know lived in japan then gold has been an excellent investment if you are euro investor then you know you live in the euro zone that's been excellent In the pound uh has been a great investment um it's only in the u.s dollar that there's been a problem and uh and even then it's not a dramatic problem like with bitcoin for instance so if you I, i agree with you i think if the u.s dollar starts to waver, and there are some signs. I mean, I think that the Bank of Japan, for instance, and I've absolutely got this wrong, so maybe you don't want to listen to me, but the Bank of Japan um, is sort of drawing lines in the sand, because the yen is structurally far too weak for all sorts of reasons, Um, and Japan is an excellent economy. It's not a bad economy. Um, It's not Turkey or somewhere like that, and so if the yen starts to strengthen, then I think we'll see the pound strengthen, we'll see a lot of other currencies strengthening against the US dollar, and gold will go up. And as I said, because there are all sorts of forces that are um, negatively depressing the price of gold, it could go up very substantially. You could see short squeezes left, right and center, which is why you know, you want to have five, 10% of your portfolio, it depends on your portfolio, obviously, but five, 10% of your portfolio in precious metals in one way or another. And uh, why it's, a t- this is a very timely uh, master investor webinar, because I think you and me, Sarah, when we look back in three or four months, as we've talked before about various other things, we'll find that this was excellent timing and that uh, people who follow us might do very, very well as a result.
0: I'm just wondering what kind of a practitioner you are do you owe, own five to ten is your is is there five to ten percent of your portfolio apportioned to gold you know and you know how to how do you prefer to hold it
1: yeah that's a great question i mean basically um most of my the bulk of my portfolio is in property all right so let's exclude the property all right because i don't think that's what most people would consider it to be a portfolio investment. I mean, if you were a large institution, possibly you would consider that. But if you take out property and you just look at stocks, shares, unlisted companies, you know, cash and so forth, I would say five or 10% is in gold in one way or another. Um, I have uh, futures in gold, I have futures in silver, uh, and I have a number of uh, gold share investments. I don't have any ETFs, but you know, for many people, ETFs are a great idea. I do have uh, uh, physical gold in the form of Krugerrand sovereigns and th- those sort of things, and that's really a kind of personal protection thing. And I'm not going to tell anyone where I can, where I keep them for obvious reasons. I don't even tell my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you answered
0: my next question. Yeah, where do you, where do you keep them? But um... well,
1: I'm not telling anyone and uh but, so, you know, um, and uh, so maybe one day it'll be like the viking treasures someone will come across them with a with a metal detector and find my my stash of uh, of coins but um the uh the answer is i think you should have a diversified portfolio and so uh, and if you're asking me what uh stocks i own uh there are a number of uh large gold companies which are are very good investment investments the ones that i happen to have uh, have, have include barrack which is the world's largest uh, gold company i don't have newmont and there's no particular reason for that but i just happen to have Barrick. i've also got kinross which has not been a great share but has a good yield and um was somewhat tainted by the fact it has eastern european and particularly russian exposure which has now got rid of um and i think kinross is another good company you can have and i'm the biggest shareholder of one of the speakers companies Uh, later on condor gold and you know mark and i are are very old friends and um, i support him in whatever way but there are plenty of ways of playing gold so uh this is my uh very quick rendition on that you know if you want etfs the iau uh etf is the biggest one and it's a good mix of uh big gold companies around the world um and it's billions and billions of dollars so there's lots of liquidity in that the aberdeen uh spelled a-b-r-d-n in small letters i mean what a disastrous rebranding that was but anyway their physical gold etf um has a very low expense ratio and expense ratios in gold are very important because it doesn't yield anything so you're never going to be able to match the price of gold if you run an etf uh because your expenses are going to eat into uh the performance of gold so that's one which is s-g-o-l um and then, you know, you've got Franco Nevada, which is a very good company, which I came across a long, long time ago through a friend of mine in Canada, Canada called David Hollington, And uh, it's a royalty company. So they have royalties on lots and lots of gold producers around the world. I don't think you can go wrong if you buy um, any of those. And then the other thing to look at is silver, of course. And, you know, the gold-silver ratio has changed uh, recently. The silver has gone up relative to gold. But it's somewhere in between its five-year um, range, and uh, the top, the high and the low. And silver has a lot more industrial uses. It's harder to store because it's much more physically bulky. But uh, you know you can buy Fresnillo as an example in silver. You could buy there are silver ETFs. Um, and silver's got greater volatility. So it, you know, if you look at silver today, it's about 19 dollars and60 cents an ounce. Gold, uh, I think, is around 19, just under nineteen eighty dollars an ounce. Sorry, seventeen. I wish it was sixteen eighty dollars. I wish it was nineteen eighty dollars an ounce. And uh, I can see silver going up fifty percent, whereas gold goes up thirty percent. If you believe in the central thesis that the precious metals complex is on the cusp of a major bull market, which I do.
0: Okay, because you are exciting some of our audience about not just ETFs, but silver. Alexander says, what are your views on owning physical silver, Jim, versus silver mining shares or silver futures and ETFs?
1: Well, I mean, silver, I don't know how much um, Alexander wants to buy, but, you know, if you want to store a lot of silver, you've got to have a lot of space um, because it's very, you know it's bulky compared to gold because I mean remember the ratio is 87 to one at the moment that means that gold is 87 times more valuable per ounce uh than silver so if you're wanting physical I would buy gold it's much more easily transportable uh in silver you buy ETFs or buy as I mentioned Presnilo but there's Wheaton Trust as well which is another one you can buy it's got a bit of a yield attached to it uh and um You know, there aren't a lot of silver miners that you can buy out there, actually, Um, especially now that the Russian market uh, is shut for both gold and and silver in many ways. Um, So I I like silver. I like gold. I think, you know, if you know what you're doing, buy platinum and palladium, um, buy them in whatever way you want. But I I wouldn't go for a leveraged ETF. I wouldn't go for a leveraged position if you can't afford it in in futures or in options. I, I... you know, this is, we don't know the exact timing on this. I think this is like a a rocket that will go off at some point. We don't know when the takeoff is going to occur. It's like waiting at Cape Canaveral for something to go to the moon. You could be waiting for weeks or months or even a year or or 18 months, but the day that it takes off, wow, the fireworks will be incredible.
0: So let's explore timing because alex asks if you add precious metals to your portfolio at what point does it make sense to start to release profits how do you make sure you don't hold too long or too short
1: a a very good question i mean uh i think gold is something that you rent rather than own for the long i mean i'm talking about substantial positions in your portfolio i think that all of us should have some gold until the day that you know, we're put on the raft of Valhalla. Um, and uh, so, and, and the, but the for a larger position in your portfolio, I think you should regard it as a, a, a rentable uh, commodity. So you, you basically hold it. Uh, and the point at which you sell it um, should be when there's a great deal of hysteria around, when there's everyone wants to, like Bitcoin when it was at $60,000 and, you know, everyone in the world, including uber drivers were buying bitcoin that was the time to sell it um i think the same will apply to gold and if you've got an instinct for selling then you'll know the point at which to sell it And even if it goes up another 10 20 or 30 percent if you've made 50 percent or you've doubled your money in it whatever it is you can be happy don't be tempted when it is at peak hysteria to go back in so when it's at peak hysteria it's probably going to go down i mean you know I can see some things out there now that represent peak hysteria. Tesla is a very good example of that. Um, I think Apple is another good example of that. You know the big, big tech companies. they are going x growth in many cases, and they are far too expensive. I don't think it's the case in gold. There's a lot of pessimism around uh, rising interest rates. You know I read all these reports from UBS and HSBC and so forth. and You know, although I like to read them, I think most of the people who write them have absolutely no idea what make markets work. They've been in the markets five or 10 years as analysts, and they just don't know that, you know, they they are just putting a finger in the air. And so what we need to do is to judge that moment. And I can tell you from a master investor point of view, if I feel that gold is too high or too, you know, hysterical, I will put out, I'll, I'll make a commitment. I'll put out a piece for master investor viewers that they can either follow or not. But, you know, based on my judgment and what I will do, which is, will I sell my position uh, at that point? And the answer is yes. And, you know, I don't, I think you display the hysteria as much as you can. And hysteria is going to come. It's as sure as the, the world turns that there will be a huge upsurge in the gold price in the relatively near future. So you better be prepared.
0: Gosh, I think we have to be prepared for re- redundancies um, for many gold <laughs> analysts within the city after that. <laughs> in there, but earlier on you were suggesting that possibly the the gold price has been suppressed. So, um, an anonymous (coughs) attendee says, in the near future, could you see an alternative BRICS-based gold standard arising in direct competition with the allegedly suppressed LBMA and COMEX paper markets such that true price discovery for physical gold could finally be forced?
1: Well, that's possible, but I don't think it will be BRICS-based. I think it will be um, a China-led uh, sort of system, probably. And uh, But I, I think we're looking at 10, 20 years out. And uh, at the moment, the fiat currency of note, of course, is the US dollar. And it, it will remain that for some time. That having been said, two key events have occurred. One is that there's been a confiscation of half of Russia's foreign exchange reserves, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But on the other hand, if you were a regime or you were a country with substantial foreign exchange reserves, such as, for instance, Saudi Arabia uh, or you know, you know, China, and you would be looking at that thinking, should I have so much money in US dollars and US treasuries and so forth that they can be confiscated? Where am I gonna put my money where uh, I feel that there's a greater confidence level in terms of, uh, you know, that if I do something that might upset the US or the international community, I can keep my money. And gold is definitely one of those key elements. So I, I feel that the, the central banks of the world, and they are, by the way, are increasing their allocation to gold. So the question is, where are the sellers coming from? And that, that relates back to, um, you know, possible suppression of, of prices. Uh, and the second uh, key event is the demand by china um and Russia to be paid for their commodities or to pay for commodities and to be paid for their their output in uh non u s dollar uh, currencies and gold is a currency, of course and um that I think is long term very positive for the for the gold price. um we're not finding the world is not finding a lot more gold in fact i don't think that uh, mine discoveries and production are keeping pace with uh, demand increases and they haven't been for a while although for the previous century there's been a 1.8 uh, percent average annual increase in mine production that's now come to an end because the you know serious discoveries are just not happening on a scale necessary to replenish um demand um and the recycling of jewelry which is uh the the most significant element of uh, recycling, it's about 90% of recycling in gold um, is also uh, diminishing. And the, you know, capture of gold from electronics, which is about 10% of recycling uh, is fairly static. So the fundamental elements driving gold physical demand, uh, which ultimately will prevail in terms of gold paper demand um, are, positive. But you know, if you're a gold investor, I mean, I, I think there are some people who are like stock clocks, right? You know, twice a day, the, the clock will get to your level and the price of gold will go up and you'll look fantastic as a gold, permanent gold buck. But just remember, we're in a cycle here. We're in the beginning of a, I think, a major upcycle in gold. But when it gets hysterical, make sure you get out.
0: Which brings me to a factoid that I've gleaned from the US Geological Survey. It says about 244,000 metric tons of gold has been discovered to date. That's just discovered, not extracted. All the gold discovered so far would fit in a cube that is 23 metres wide on every side. Actually, that's not a lot.
1: Well, it's a lot if you own it. Um and uh yeah, I mean obviously that's one of the reasons why gold is so attractive is it's a scarcity value. You know, uh they talk in Bitcoin, they talk about its scarcity value as the number of bitcoins that can be mined goes down year after year until eventually there are no more being mined. But frankly speaking, with bitcoins being stolen left, right, and center or being lost, or you know, all the problems in using bitcoins, why wouldn't you want to own gold? which is an established store of value over centuries. Uh, And even if there's a lot of price volatility and uncertainty as to when it's going to take off or not take off, I think I would much prefer to earn uh, gold and silver than a cryptocurrency fundamentally. Um, And um, good luck to those who are crypto maniacs, but I'm not one of them.
0: Final question is from Chris, who says, for its easier and cheaper security, what are your views on holding unallocated gold?
1: Uh, I have no idea what he means by unallocated gold, but I'm sure he knows more about it than I do. But um, I guess that is sort of, uh, you know, the, the gold backed bits of paper with no specific gold that's attached to those bits of paper a bit like uh the tethered bitcoins you remember the 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 ones that were related we you, you, you were kind of stable coins that called that are linked to the dollar look what happened to those um i just want to know where my gold is so i would go for an established large etf produced uh, provided by a financially solid uh provider if you're going to go for etfs i would not as i said earlier go for the leverage ones it's just too dangerous um and uh, and then I'd look for gold mines. And the great thing about gold mines is that, you know, if you look at uh, all in price of production of, let's say, $1,000 an ounce, and the gold price goes to, you know, hypothetically to three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 an ounce, those companies will be making super large profits, a bit like BP and Shell were making super large profits a few months back, it'll be the same in gold. And one of the great things about gold companies is I very much doubt that win for profit taxes will be applied to them.
0: And uh, Chris has just qualified. He says um, he's talking about Perth mint issue certificates when he was talking about unallocated gold. But there you go, Jim. You're well, there's a
1: scandal in the Perth mint at the moment. There's <laughs> the, the Australian financial regulators are looking into it. So Chris, you know, when you get off the plane in Perth, I mean, this is not a universal statement, but the stench of corruption is in the air as you walk down the steps so be very careful
0: thank you very much well Jim you're a forever friend to master investor I think you've made you are now a foe of all the gold analysts in the city who are now no not all of them waiting just, for their 45 <laughs> So, thank you very much indeed. It's been absolute we never have enough time—but do take care, and everyone's quickly going to be looking at their Perth Mint certificates. Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
1: that. love talking to you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you.
0: you. Thanks.
1: Thank Thanks. you. This podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.